Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 25 of the Ringside Rundown podcast, brought to you by TWM.news and TheWrestlingChronicle.com. My name is Eric Vasquez. Joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. She is Shay Hicks. And Shay, what's going on? What is up? I think that's like our new thing now. That's the intro. Uh, mo- most definitely. It's, it it's, rhymes. Yeah, it rhymes and it's in my head and it makes me feel good. <laughs> right. Makes me excited. Uh let me ask you a question. Yes. A, a, a tie of all things, a tie. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. It was um. Uh, for the sp- listeners that aren't li- don't know, um, the Steelers tied the winless <laughs> Detroit Lions last weekend. Um, my dad and I were there, and I can say. Without, even if we were winning, let's put it this way, even if we were winning, which I wasn't surprised that we didn't play well because we just don't play well against crap teams. I don't know why. The weather just made it miserable. It was so bad because it was in like the mid to high 30s and it was Mm. raining. Mm. So needless to say, I lost feeling in most of my limbs. Um, My dad's been going to games for god years he's had season tickets since Hinesfield opened he's wow. been going even since three river stadium and wow. he said that was the most miserable he has ever been during the game <laughs> holy crap so for him to say something you know it's a lot and yeah just all of that for a tie for a tie i saw that and i said i said wait a minute yeah She's spoken into existence because I said, there's no way the Steelers yeah. lose to the winless Lions. That that just doesn't happen. She goes, oh, they'll find a way to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this movie way too many times. We played down to the competition every single time. So it wasn't surprising to me. It seemed surprising to everybody else. But if you're if you're a Steelers fan, you, you knew what was going to happen. And I called it a trap game. And... It was. I mean, it, I mean, we didn't lose, but we might absolutely, as well have. Absolutely incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But I digress. This isn't a football <laughs> podcast. As we say every week, we just have yeah. to get this out. Our little our little pre-show banter to get everybody ready uh, for what it's like on the show. But this is a pro wrestling podcast. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of Ugh. sad stuff. Some good stuff. And then get you ready for Survivor Series, which I don't know if is good or bad yet, but we'll see when we'll go through the card. But again, uh, more disappointing news in your wrestling week. Uh, it's apparent that they had to get rid of more people uh, due to budget cuts or for whatever reasons. But we have another round of disappointing WWE releases. I know you have your thoughts on it, but let me just go through. Who got released this round? Jackson Riker, which obviously nobody really gives yeah. a crap about. Uh, yeah. Drake Drake Maverick, unfortunately, got released for real this time. There's no way he's going to be able to wrestle for his job back. Uh, and John Morrison also got released, which is mm. kind of surprising because I figured they were probably going to do something with that Zen-like character he was trying out. And probably the, one of the most surprising ones, Tegan Knox. Uh, which I know you have some thoughts on. Uh-huh. So we'll save that for later. And then obviously at the top of the list, all of Hit Row, basically all of Hit Row, whatever yeah. was left of Hit Row is now gone 
from WWE. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, where do I begin? Um, first off, I feel like we have to say this every time this happens because this is just becoming a bi-weekly thing because you mm-hmm. just got rid of 18 people like two weeks ago. Yeah. Budget cuts is a bullshit excuse. Yeah. We're not stupid. Like, how many times are you going to say that and then turn right around and say, oh, we're making record profits this year. Like, we're mm-hmm. not stupid. We know it's just, you guys are just stupid. That's literally <laughs> what this is at this point. But yeah, well, hit row. How do you, and again, I don't, again, why do we have to keep saying this? How do you screw up? Mm. Without a doubt, one of the hottest acts you had going for you. They were selling out merch weeks ago. And now they're gone. <laughs> Now they're gone. But apparently this wasn't due to budget cuts. There was actually a little bit of heat on uh, some of the members of Hit Row, more specifically Top Dollar. And again, this is just a rumor. What's going around doesn't mean it's true. I don't have any sources. This is easily available to anybody to find on the Internet the reason this happened. But apparently the reason was Top Dollar uh, took offense to losing BFAB, who got released in that first round of budget cuts and uh, tried to fight for her job back, going as far as calling the office and yeah. telling them they've made a big mistake in getting rid of BFAB. Which, uh, I mean, it's I'm at- not... Okay, was she the most fantastic wrestler? Obviously not. We were on here saying that she was way too new to even try to put her in big like wrestling matches like they did. Mm-hmm. But she was a big part of Hit Row. Like mm-hmm. She brought part of the mystique and the the character, the energy to it. I mean, for God's sakes, it was her that started out the song, so... Not anymore. And even if Top Dollar had heat on him, mm-hmm. why did you punish the other two? Especially <sighs> Swerve. And, and that's, and that's uh, you know, the only way I see it is to send a message, you know? Which is, yet again, <laughs> bullshit, because... Yeah. Swerve, I when they signed him, I remember writing an article for TWM saying how he could be a breakout star, and I thought we were finally getting that the last like year. Mm-hmm. And then you do how do you again? It's like this is literally take a shot for every time we say how do you screw up? Insert name or team here. Mm-hmm. How do you screw up? Not just hit row in general. Swerve. Isaiah Swerve Scott is one of what is was one of the most underrated guys on that entire roster, mm-hmm. and this is what you do. Like, yeah, I. You would think this would surprise me anymore, mm-hmm. but it just gets worse and worse. And and then you get rid of Tegan Knox. <laughs> Tegan Knox, are you kidding me? This this one specifically. Forget the rest of the releases for a minute. This one specifically. Mm-hmm. Show to me, or just further reinforce the theory I always had, the WWE has zero planning whatsoever. Because let's look at this. She gets called up with Shotzi. Granted, it was kind of an out of nowhere move up, but still. You have them beat, at the time, the women's tag champions, Natty and Tamina, mm-hmm. repeatedly. You don't give them a title shot. You just pretend like they never beat them. You break them up in the draft, and then you get rid of Tegan. Had zero. You have WWE has zero planning. Like mm-hmm. clearly, the they are almost incapable of planning a wrestler's like path or even just a storyline for more than a week. Obviously, 
And you could even make the argue for, like I said, the argument for Hit Row 2. They were just saying a few weeks ago, or even last week, they were selling out merch. People liked Hit Row. And I, this is what you do. The, the What's surprising to me for for Hit Row is that they really only had one match. Yeah, like they uh, didn't even give him a chance. Didn't even give him a chance. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean, Hit Row is not like... It was just surprising that most of all they got rid of Swerve, um, yeah. which and you, you hate to be that guy, but you go, well, the other side of the wrestling world could definitely use someone like Swerve. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and definitely someone like Tegan Knox in the women's division oh, or, or yeah. as she wanted to go back to Nixon Newell, yes. uh, her original name. So uh, it's just I, I honestly thinking back on it now. I feel like at some point, it's almost like you don't, obviously you feel bad for the talent because the holidays are right around the corner and now yeah, you that's have a another job thing. for 90 days, but it's almost just like nowadays, it's almost like you sigh, a sigh of relief when you get released because remember when WWE used to be the place to go? Mm-hmm. If you were an indie talent right now, why the hell would you want to sign with WWE? You have, you have shit creative. You have literally zero job security at this point because, mm. you, seriously, look at the names they've gotten rid of. Why would you want to come here? Why? Why? Uh, I wouldn't. I know I sure wouldn't because, <laughs> I mean, clearly, it's almost like now there's other places in the wrestling world that clearly treat their talent way better instead of just a means to an end or just numbers with dollar signs attached to them yeah it's just and i i guess i just knew at some point because that's just how wwe is Mm -hmm. they were gonna ruin hit row at some point because (laughs) i'm pretty sure the rumor was going around that swerve and adonis were gonna be a tag team and top dollar was gonna be a singles guy because of course top dollar is big because you know why why not that's how it always is right and Adonis isn't bad either, but Swerve was clearly the single star in Hit Row. Bar none. Like, you can't look at the other two and think they were better as a singles competitor than Swerve. Like, Swerve, Swerve. Yeah. So, it's almost like they take these people from NXT, knowing full well that they're not going to do anything with them, and just release them because they know it'll be 90 days instead of 30. Wow, isn't that an interesting point? It's almost because it's like how many of them like just got called up within a few months ago and then now they're gone. And I, it almost makes you think if they're trying to keep poor Triple H in the hospital because (laughs) you look at the names of these people that are getting cut and they were his projects. They were Triple H guys and girls. So it's Vince being just petty or is he literally losing his mind? I don't think he ever had one at this point, but I just don't. The more and more I see these, and I said this last time, but it just, every time you hear, Oh, there's more releases coming. I just get so nervous Mm. because it's almost like I'm just waiting to hear somebody's name that I like. Mm. It scares me because I'm just waiting to hear, Shayna Baszler. I'm waiting to hear Rhea Ripley. I'm waiting to hear Dakota Kai. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, oh, it's going to be really hard to try and watch because we even just talked about it. Those 
those women and a couple other wrestlers are the very few like things I like about WWE at this point because what the hell else is left? And if they go, ugh, it's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be really tough. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I I feel like at at a certain point we're just gonna get more of the same matches over and over again because they're running out of people to use. They're probably gonna have like <laughs> they're gonna have the same like dozen people on each roster. Honestly. Right. That's literally what it feels like. I. I can tell you most likely there's going to be some rematches. I mean, is this is is this uh, Survivor Series and it's brand split, so I would assume that a lot of the stuff that's going on between, um, you know, the teams themselves is going to turn into matches. Like Sheamus is back in the fold and things yeah. like that. So I just feel like that's going to happen. That we're just going to get more of the repetitive same stuff that we always get. And it sucks because you'd love to know, because again, let's be honest, budget cuts, not the reason. And if they think that's the reason, they're absolutely delusional out of their minds because you look at some of that talent. It's not like they were raking in millions of dollars. Right. So it's not like having them on the payroll was destroying your guy's bottom line. You want to know what the real reason is. Like... It's almost like they say budget cuts so they don't sound petty or vindictive or you know whatever. But or they, they just have a reason. They can point to 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 numbers and say we wanted this person projected to bring us in this amount of dollars and they're way underperforming. Uh, and, you know, and that would blow my mind because if you gave them competent creating or like creative and storytelling, maybe they could have made you that money. Maybe stop shooting them in the foot. And stop handicapping them, because how many times have we said that on this show? Stop handicapping these people, and you know, oh, maybe they might actually make you some money if you don't give them absolutely dumb ideas. <laughs> I, I I can only I can only chuckle because I you know those exact words <laughs> I thought myself you know, but it's just it's, it's, it's almost like you, it's that joke of like you almost have to laugh so you don't cry yeah yeah that's literally what this is because yeah we're not oh. downplaying it because like you said earlier this is the holiday season's coming up you know we got thanksgiving in a couple days already yeah. you know and, and I'll, hell, just think of like taya valkyrie and john morrison yeah Both their incomes are gone that, not only that, but they uprooted their lives from California to, uh -huh. to to Florida, so that way she can work at the performance center and whatnot, and for nothing because in yeah. six in six months she was gone, yeah. and now and now he's gone too, and you know they made a big deal about his return and they stuck him with the Miz and which that I, was that was a mistake. I'm sorry. Like maybe it, for a little bit it was fine, but when it kept going on yeah. and on and on it's like again if you would have just let him do his own thing maybe he would have been a little more popular again he, i mean he had those incredible matches against ricochet during yeah. the thunderdome era that were just nuts you know they were fun to watch and actually made the thunderdome kind of cool but yeah so it's like if you actually gave them competent storytelling and creative Maybe they could have done what you wanted them to do. It's like, I, it's just getting old at this point. I am so sick and tired of seeing the same old shit every single week. Because, of course, we have to have people in creative who are Vince Yes Men, <clears throat> who are not going to argue with him. And, oh, yeah, this worked back in the 90s and the 80s. This is going to work now. Well, it's 2021. 
this shit's clearly not working anymore. And even if you want to recycle old ideas, be a little more, oh, I don't know, creative about it. <laughs> or just stop using the same one 50 times because we all know how it's going to end. Like, come on. Wow. Like, this is, it's painful. After yes. a while, sometimes it's painful. When it gets to the point of, oh, great, the show, uh, Raw's on, oh, SmackDown's on, whatever, oh, NXT's on. It's still getting to the point where I'm just like, okay, I'll just watch the replays of it on YouTube or something. Like, I don't even have the willpower to even watch it live anymore because why should I? Wow. Wow. That's all I can say is just, wow, scorched earth. Uh, um, no, but I, I agree. It's it's getting tougher to watch, especially Raw. I'm I'm fighting to stay awake till 11 o'clock. I don't know if my old man is kicking in. <laughs> Or what it is, but I'm fighting to stay awake. NXT just really doesn't hold my attention like it used to. No, it's it's it's, it's become a byproduct of Raw, which we talked about to blue in the face, so we know. And the only thing that's really interesting to me right now is AEW, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd say that. I never thought, and there hasn't, there was never a time in when WCW was around when I was just like, well, WCW is a lot cooler than WWE, yeah. you know, and I, and I would switch over. I never switched over. So this is the first time that I can acknowledge that the competition, no matter as much as they don't want to acknowledge that they have competition. Oh, you have competition. Yeah. Oh, you uh, do. Um, the the yeah. competition is really what's holding my attention and outshining WWE. So you wonder what can they possibly do? I don't know. And it's, I hate that we have to come on here and sound like bitter wrestling fans. Right. But WWE makes it very hard to not sound like that. I mean, how can you not be bitter and sad about people getting fired, though? Especially when it's the people you enjoy. Like, I love Tegan Knox. I love to hit row. And especially mm-hmm. Swerve. So, it's kind of hard to just, oh, yeah, that's, oh, okay. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm pissed. And understandably so. Because this is just bullshit. All of it. It's all bullshit. Yes, it's all bullshit. But, uh, we just wish that everyone involved... Except for maybe Jackson Riker, who wasn't yeah. very, very nice. He wasn't a yeah. very nice man. Just nope. wasn't a very nice man. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, uh, unfortunately, we hope that they can bounce back, you know, and it's close to the holiday, so we hope that it doesn't bring them down too far down. But, you know, um, yeah, it's just another sad round of WWE releases in the books. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the other side of the wrestling world and talk about AEW. This past weekend, a week ago, they had Full Gear, which what I think is was a pretty good show. It wasn't their best show. There were some hits and some misses, but I figured, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was still pretty good. Yeah, it was. I mean, we're getting used to saying this. It's AEW. It's almost like how NXT takeovers were, where they haven't had a bad pay per view yet. Right. It's yeah. Always I, been, it's always been good. It's never been. Eh, it was okay. It was. It's always been good. I figure. I. I think what it is is that they. They. They listen to their audience. Not to sound yeah. like you know. What not, yeah. Not to sound like. Oh, here we go again. They're just uh, crapping on WWE. No, but they. They kind of listen to their audience. Kind of give the audience what they want, and also sprinkle in a little bit of things that we didn't know we do want. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, yeah, it's almost like, wow, they're giving us a wrestling show in Canada, keeping us on our toes, giving us a reason to constantly tune in, which is, I've said from the very beginning, 
is the most important thing. You want to retain your audience. You want to get new audience, obviously, but you also want to retain your audience and keep them coming back for more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what AEW is doing. They're trying new things out. Whether it hits or it misses, at least it's something new. So you got to give them credit there. Um, But AEW Full Gear was a pretty good show. It kicked off with Sheeta getting the win for her team with the jackknife cover. Uh, She was teaming up with... um, I'm sorry, I'm losing track here. Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Thunder Rosa. That's her name. I couldn't. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't yeah, figure it out. Against Nyla Rose. And what was the other person again? Huh? <laughs> Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader. What is going on? I'm yeah. telling you, I haven't had my coffee. This uh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, we actually started this three what three hours earlier than we usually do. Right, it's like twelve thirty right now. Yeah, so, so we need I, a minute. I didn't have my coffee yet. I just came <laughs> in. I came in ready to go, and that was probably a bad idea. Honestly, but I will I, say, I will say though, before we get into the matches. We did not do so hot with the predictions for full gear, I must say. No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. were trash, to say the-, the least. There was, a, what, I think at least four. Four matches I can recall that I thought it was going to go one way and it didn't. And I was um, not mad about it. Because, again, I'm not... <laughs> I try not to be that fan where I want something to happen. And if it doesn't happen, I just hated the match. I can admit when the match was good. I just mm-hmm. don't like the result. Some of the I felt so dumb after full gear because I thought I knew what was going on and I did not know what was going on. Uh, But a lot of that you wonder is if you've been preconditioned by WWE and their booking to be like, okay, this is this is obviously how this is gonna go. And then when it doesn't happen that way, you're like, wait a second. I mean, I'm not mad at it, but it was yeah, it was something. It was definitely something. I think a lot of that, yeah, I think a lot of that is we're, we tend to be preconditioned to a certain style nowadays. And now that there's an alternative, um, you know, it really keeps us on our toes. But again, like you said, the matches, there were some hits, there were some misses. Um, I felt like the opening in on the pre-show was a really good match. They played yeah. up heel versus faces, so that was pretty good. You guys thought it was a great match as well. Um, out of all four flames, there was 14% that gave it four flames. <laughs> 71% gave it three flames. And yeah. that was the winner that took it away. So I feel it was a solid match that definitely deserved three flames. Yeah, I say three flames too. It was it was a little it was a little like slow at some spots, but mm-hmm. it definitely picked up and it was getting really good at the end. It yeah, was definitely. so good. I thought it was interesting how they I mean, obviously they had to split the teams up into the matchups for the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we already know how one of those uh, happened, how those came to be, and the outcome of it. But I was a little surprised by it. Must not gonna lie. But yeah. we'll get to that when we go to Dynamite. But no, it was a really good match. Definitely a good opener because, like we always say, when it comes to AEW's pre-shows, not so much WWE's anymore. Mm-hmm. You want to get the crowd going early, and we even said that in the predictions episode that this could be a match that got the crowd going early and it did because it was good. It didn't have to be overly flashy or anything like that. It was brutal. It was hard hitting, which is what you expect from these four women. Sheeta hits hard. Rosa hits hard. Jamie and Nyla sure hit hard. So 
it was a good match and I, very good way to start the show. Yeah, I think so too. I think if for you know, I think for a pre-show match, it gets people interested more so in the pre-shows than than usual. Yeah, you know, you know, they get a little bit more of their appetite ready for the main show and. Yeah. The, the main show kicked off with a banger of the match. Well, I didn't know they were going to start it this way, but it was between MJF and Darby Allen. And who knew Darby Allen was was such was such he wasn't like a met technician, but yeah. he was he held his own almost mirroring MJF move for move in that in that match. Yeah, like they I think that that was good storytelling because MJF went in saying you're just going to get hot. You're going to get heated. You're going to try and drop kick me into the turnbuckle like you always do. And I'm just going to out wrestle you. Well, Darby showed you're not going to out wrestle him because really, I think this was the match where you were actually right. I was wrong because it seems <laughs> like no matter how many times I try to pick Darby, it doesn't work, but someday it'll work. But I won't brag. I won't brag. <laughs> not yet. Anyway, we'll save that for off the, off the show, but <laughs> it, it's still, I think, made Darby look good because mm-hmm. MJF had to cheat to beat him. He had to, he survived Darby. He didn't win. And it doesn't really hurt Darby. It makes MJF more insufferable than usual because he'll say, Oh, I beat Darby. I did this. I did that. And it was good. It was such a good match. I was like, I said, I was surprised too that they started this show because I was expected to be one of the tag teams maybe, mm-hmm. but Oh my goodness. That was a great start to the show. Yeah. And I can understand why people were maybe a little bit upset at the ending, but again, you got to think of it this way. MJF is a bad guy, so he's going to do bad guy things. And he basically went out there and who knew Cause it sounds just absolutely preposterous that he would he would beat darby allen with a headlock takeover and a pin oh god yeah it's like but, that, that's one of those where you say that on paper and you sound completely like ridiculous but, but yeah when you watch it it makes sense and well it happened and he mm-hmm. although he did get a little bit of assistance from the dynamite diamond ring mm-hmm. um he ended up picking up the win and i asked you guys on twitter how you graded the match and 55 percent gave it four flame emojis yep. mm-hmm. which i thought was well deserving oh, for yeah. the match because it was a hot opener a, a good a good way to show off maybe that whole four pillars idea was was maybe ringing true you know oh i agree i completely agree it was definitely a four flame emoji opener and then we have now this is what you kind of thought that maybe they would show off one of the tag matches a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Um we had FTR take on the Lucha Brothers for the AEW uh tag team titles. This one was a little interesting. It was a pretty good tag match. Um yeah. and, but the ending was a little weird. Apparently someone got knocked out and it kind of messed up the finish a little bit, but what they mm-hmm. tried to do was uh revert using the mask of the Superanas. Yeah world famous tag team there the super oh, yeah. honest oh, yeah. uh they tried to yeah they tried to do a little switcheroo with the legal man which actually technically they have a gripe saying the legal yeah. man was pin, the illegal man was pinned but anyway as so it happens they tried to pull a fast one but it backfired the lucha brothers pick up the win and retain the aew tag team titles i asked you guys what you thought of the match and 58 percent thought it was worthy of four flames what do you agree. think of the match? I would agree. It was it was a good because you knew it was going to be a good match. We said it in the predictions episode. You knew these two were going to have the teams are going to have a fantastic match. 
yeah that ending it was just so weird because i think i even messaged you and i said okay that was a <laughs> that was an ending i guess yes. but in the grand scheme of things even if it wasn't the plan finish it still makes sense in storyline because they can say they technically stood in a loss because the illegal guy was pinned so it sets up a rematch mm-hmm. which i'm not going to complain about because watching these two teams wrestle is fantastic and never boring so i'm not going to be opposed to a rematch it's just yeah the ending was a little odd but it got us where it needed to be because the lucha brothers shouldn't lose the titles just yet or not for a while they should have a very extensive reign i think it would be good for the tag team titles to bring some lineage to the tag team titles for sure i completely agree um, but this Wednesday on Dynamite, uh, this coming Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, the Death Triangle will reunite and team with Cody to take on FTR, Malachi Black, and Andrade El Idolo. So that should be a very interesting match. And we'll talk about that tag match a little bit later. But next up on the card was Miro versus Brian Danielson. It was the finals of the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. And it was a, I thought, a very good match. I thought the game over spot where Danielson got to the ropes was really good. And I felt like wrestling Miro looked like it was like wrestling a bear. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally, that literally (laughs) is the truth, honestly. Um, I saw someone on Twitter say this, and it was a very good, it was a very good point. They did a good job of the longer the match went on, it was getting really hard to pick who was actually going to win. Right. Because there were a couple times where I'm like, are they actually going to have Miro beat Danielson in this ring right now? And I, it was, it was close a couple times, especially at the end, but it was, uh, it was Miro. I think this was probably Miro's best match. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. It really made him interesting. Um, there was a couple times where like he would come back like in, you know, Danielson, no matter what he did, he, Miro was kind of unfazed. So that kind of yeah. played a, played up a monster-type heel, you know. Oh, yeah. I, the, the only thing for me is, like, the finish with the with the submission kind of yeah. just was too quick. There was no yeah. there was no drama to the submission. It was just as soon as he locked it in, it was kind of over. And that was yeah. the same thing that kind of happened on Dynamite when uh, when Danielson took on Evil Uno. As soon mm-hmm. as he locked in that triangle – um, it was, it was academic. Like they didn't even play up. Maybe he'll tap out. Maybe he'll pass out. Nothing. As yeah. soon as he locked it in, the bell rang. So I yeah. just kind of felt like they were rushing the ending. Yeah. I, I kind of felt the same because especially with the way they were playing up Miro that entire match, it would have made more sense for him to just pass out and not tap. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. They could have drawn it out a little more. I do little- agree. Yeah. Well, you guys thought it was a good match. 58.8% gave it four flame emojis on Twitter. So you guys thought it was a good match. And that brings us to a wild car crash match. That's the best way I could uh, put this one together. It was a car crash match between the Jungle Express and Christian Cage. They were taking on the Super Click. And this one, I was surprised. I'm not going to lie. I was surprised at the winner. Jungle Boy hits a concerto on Matt Jackson to win a wild street fight for his team. I asked you guys how you graded the match, and you guys loved it, apparently. On Twitter, gave it four flame emojis with 73.7%. Like I said, it was a wild car crash match that, you know, 
was yeah. kind of enjoyable. You know, I'm not yeah. gonna lie, it was kind of enjoyable. Sometimes you, sometimes in wrestling, we always say you don't need technical master classes or just five star quality matches or whatever. Sometimes you just need the car crashes. And oh my goodness, was this one a car crash? It was insane from start yeah. to finish and i was kind of yeah i was i was surprised because i think we both predicted the super click to win yeah i thought so, the super click would definitely win this one so i was a little surprised but i guess if anybody was going to beat them it was going to be jurassic express and christian cage but uh yeah i did like how they played up the uh, jungle boys just he doesn't have the the guts he doesn't yeah. have the, the nerve to do that and then he actually did because they hinted at it before earlier in the match where he could have done it to adam cole and then the uh they got interrupted but it actually happened he actually did it he hauled off and almost killed somebody <laughs> but no it was it was such a good it, it was a good match like again sometimes you just want those wild spots where you don't even know where to look on the tv at times but it was good because those kind of matches, I think, keep the crowd invested because mm-hmm. you just don't know what the hell is going to happen next. And you really didn't with this match. It was all over the place, but in a good way. Yeah, and I think that's why people people on Twitter enjoyed the match as well because, like you said, it just keeps your, keeps your focus on the match because you just don't know where it's going to go. There's multiple spots that you're just like, wow, these these dudes are insane. Um, they even broke out those knee pads with the with the thumbtacks on them. Oh, that was insane. Insane. They put thumbtacks in Jungle Boy's mouth. Uh, yeah. just, just nuts. Just I w- nuts. I always wonder how they do that without it actually hurting. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Right. Ugh. Like, why would you put thumbtacks in your, like, oh, God, I can't do it. Every time I see it, it makes me cringe because I can only imagine you have to be very careful. But then you're getting kicked. So it's like, how do you not? Yeah. Definitely. How does it not hurt? I, I just getting caught in your gums and. Ugh. Ugh. No. Ah, no, no good. No, it's good. No, no good. Like, I'm, I'm moving, good. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Yeah. We had a tag match between Andrade El Idolo and Matakai back. They're teaming up to take on Pac and Cody Rhodes. And JR had a good quote that I noted in my notes. It said, I don't know if this is a tag match more so than four men booked in a tag match. Yeah. And it honestly felt like that. Yeah. It's, it's, I, this was one of those, remember I said there were some hits and some misses? I yeah. felt like this one was a miss. Yeah, and it sucked because the match itself wasn't bad. I don't think it wasn't like it was a like botch fest. They weren't oh, no. things up. I mean, Andrade there... had that one moment on the apron. That was it. Yeah, but... I I couldn't even you couldn't even make me remember that to be honest. It just felt like these guys had no chemistry whatsoever. They didn't have yeah. chemistry with each other. They yeah. didn't have chemistry with their teammates. It I, was yeah. It, it was just weird. I will say though, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm pro- you and I were probably in the same boat here. Um them booing Cody out of the building. Like, you know what? Car, of course, why not? When when they pulled that shit, where, <laughs> oh my god, he's hurt. Oh no, I gotta be the valiant hero to come save the day. I rolled my eyes. I literally rolled my eyes. Pretentious like, Cody. Like, we do this every damn time. Like, okay, I'm like, okay, is he actually hurt? And then he jumped up on the apron and went for the time. I'm like, oh, my God. I, like, <laughs> I couldn't help but sigh and roll my eyes. Because it's like, where have we seen this before? I'm so over it. I'm over it. I guess that's why we just wanted Malachi and Andrade to win. But I guess we should have known better. But, yeah, it definitely wasn't my favorite match of the night. Mostly 
I think again, we're just getting tired of seeing Cody doing the same Cody shit all the time. <laughs> like just I wish Malachi would just kick his head off for good and just move on, but clearly we're not doing that because you got that giant eight man tag on dynamite this week which i it's getting very confusing now because okay you have cody and malachi it was literally where it started and then we added andrade into the mix and then we added death triangle into the mix but only pack not the lucha brothers but then you had ftr but then ftr is going after the lucha brothers so i'm like okay this is getting a little ridiculous now (laughs) you're interweaving like three storylines into one yeah and my head hurts (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it yeah definitely sometimes sometimes you need to pump the brakes yes. di- dial it back a little bit you know it's too much it's getting to be too much like calm down just yeah i get that you only have a certain amount of time each week to fill up the slots but oh my god it well, stopped this one with the voting was interesting because out of the votes it was a split between four flame emojis and two flame emojis so there were people that enjoyed the match and then there were people that eh, the match could have been better i'd say it was a little under three yeah i'd say two and a half yeah yeah i'll go with two and a half yeah, it just like I said, the match wasn't bad. There was no, there was like one little slip up, but like the match itself wasn't bad. You could just tell that none of these four guys had chemistry at all going into this match. No, it was it was just a weird one from start to finish, but for, it wasn't terrible. For sure, for sure. Next up for the AEW Women's Title, we had Ty Conti take on. Britt Baker for the title. It was a little clunky out of the gate, but they were able to rebound into a decent match, I thought. Conti really showed that she can show her own, and it was solid work from Baker getting a win out of a desperation roll-up. Yeah, and it did the exact same thing I wanted. It just, I said it on the pre or the predictions episode. I was just hoping this was a match that proved that Ty Conti could set up be set up for this kind of role mm-hmm. and she did i was surprised i can say i was pleasantly surprised because this match was good i felt bad at the position it was in because after what happened before it it kind of took the crowd out a little bit mm-hmm. i was very surprised that Britt was getting booed pretty heavily in this match I well, and 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 that's not a bad thing because technically no. she's a heel so she should be getting booed for me I was just so glad, like you said earlier, that Ty Conti was able to show up and live up to the expectation because it felt like a lot of people put heavy expectations on Ty Conti based yeah. on her background mm-hmm. in Muay Thai and things like that and being a, a, a black belt and everything like that. They put a lot of expectations, but she was able, like I said, it was a little clunky out of the gate, but they were able to really bring the match together and make it interesting and make it so that you didn't turn away and pick up your phone and look at what Twitter was saying or anything like that. And some of those spots, oh my goodness, were uh, were rough, but they needed Mm. to be because you needed to make it look like an absolute slugfest, which it was. By the women's division standard, that was a slugfest. Mm -hmm. And I know some people are not going to like the ending, but it did the job that we said it needed to where... It makes Ty still look strong because Britt had to basically roll her up out of desperation to win. Mm -hmm. And it still makes Britt look like Britt, which it's very hard not to make Britt look like Britt because, you know, she's the DMD. She's the champ. Mm -hmm. So I'm rather interested now because I was looking at the the rankings, which 
We have a love-hate relationship with those power rankings. <laughs> and right now it has Jade Cargill as the number one contender. You know what? And I'm I'm not going to lie. I watched her match last night on Rampage. And f- she's someone that has gone from, wow, she's green, to like, now you see it's starting to click. I was very surprised, too, because I was worried when she had her match, I think it was last week on Rampage, against, uh, who is she wrestling? I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, that was when when uh, Red Velvet threw the cake in Mark yeah. Sterling's face. Yeah, yeah. I was getting kind of worried because that match was literally only like, what, six minutes long? Yeah, it was super and short. Looked, and she looked gassed before the end of it. So I'm like, oh boy, here, here we go. This isn't, and this is the person you want having the TBS title. And I was worried that this match with Red Velvet was going to kind of, yeah, it's going to go over six minutes, you'd hope, but... She was going to look gassed. She didn't. She looked no. good. The match itself was great. I mean, we all knew that Jade was going to win because I think a lot of people are expecting her to go all the way to the finals, myself included. But, the, but doesn't she have... She has Ruby Soho next, right? Oh, no. She has whoever wins between Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa. Oh, okay, okay. I thought she had... Ru- I know think, it's going to be Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Thunder Rosa. So then, yeah, okay. I thought she was in the bracket with Ruby Soho. So then that yeah. does make sense. Yeah, Ruby... I, I'm trying to remember how the bracket goes. So, um, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about it when we like, talk about Dynamite. But Nyla Rose mm-hmm. beat Cheetah, which I guess I shouldn't have been very surprised by because obviously Serena Deeb, you know, doing her stuff, whatever. So now Nyla faces the winner of Statlander and Ruby Soho, which I'm still dying. (laughs) I love how they made me, they have made me suffer for weeks now because you had Ruby's match as the first match of the opening round, which means I've had to sit here with the realization and the reality that that match is going to happen at some point. And these assholes are now have making me are making me wait until probably next week's rampage <laughs> to do this match. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm still in a crisis because I could see either one of them winning. I just have a feeling with the marketing they've been doing, it's going to be Ruby. Yeah, I think Ruby's the one that's got it. I think she's got it in the bag. To be honest, so now you're going to have Ruby most likely go up against like Nyla Rose because Nyla won. So you're going to have to have Ruby believably beat someone who is twice her size, and then have to go up against most likely Jade Cargill because I just don't see. I love Thunder Rosa. I just don't see her winning because mm. I think a lot of people again, myself included, are probably picking Jade and Ruby to go to the finals. Which, that is literally a, do you go with the new, the up-and-comer or the old guard? That's true. I, it's tough for me because I think a lot of people thought that Hangman should have won the belt back when uh, him and Jericho wrestled for it. I was one of those people. And I think it was better that it didn't because obviously it kind of made for this literal two-year storyline that paid off obviously towards the end we'll talk about that later but i think this is one of those two where i just think it would be better suited to have ruby win it not even okay everybody knows i love ruby take my bias out of it i just think it would make more sense to have ruby win it because Mm -hmm. we've said yeah jay cargill's improving 100 percent. she's definitely not the same woman that wrestled with Shaq. no no somebody's been teaching her and teaching her very well to play up her strengths because yeah. that's what I saw. Exactly. 
Do I think she's still championship material right now? No, I don't. Fair. That's I don't fair. think so. I just think that, at least in Ruby's case, looking just strictly at Ruby's case, she came in, she won the Casino Battle Royal, mm-hmm. she went on to have a really good, I guess, yeah, you could say feud with Britt. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I mean, the, the promo work in that feud was fantastic. But you still had her lose. Mm-hmm. So could Ruby Soho afford to lose in the finals of this tournament? No, it would definitely hurt her, I guess, her standing. Because they, they do take the the standings pretty seriously. Yeah, and I don't know? even think she's in the top ten or, or in the top five right now. I think it's, um, if I remember correctly, Jade's number one. Which that also played into a two where I said, okay, if she's going to be the next contender for Brit's title why would you want to have basically both title if they would give her the tbs championship why would you have both titles mm-hmm. in the same program that kind of defeats the purpose of the tbs championship itself where it gives the women more opportunities to fight for a title when you're not in the women's world title scene so right it makes me kind of wonder now because i think it goes it goes jade and then thunder rosa I think it goes Nyla, Ty Conti, and Statlander, which I'm kind of surprised Statlander's still behind Ty Conti, especially since she just lost. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that'll change the, like we said, we have a love-hate relationship with the power rankings. But yeah. But I, I mean, know. it's good It's good to see that they actually use them. Yeah, it's just... It's a little uh, confusing. It can be, yeah, it can be a little confusing because now everyone's going to, I would assume that's who... Brit's next challenger is because who the hell else would it be? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens the next. I keep thinking that this tournament is going to go on for so much longer, but there really is only a month and a half left in the year. Yeah. It, when it, is this supposed to conclude? I think they said the first, I'm pretty sure they said the first dynamite that moves to TBS is when they're going to have the final match. So, okay. They still got a ways to go. I mean, they'll probably yeah. have the, I mean, let's see, the first, let's see, the quarterfinals match with Nyla and them happened this week. And then Red Velvet and Jade happened on Rampage. Mm-hmm. They said it's going to be Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter this week on Dynamite, which then means by default, Ruby and Stat are on next Rampage. Friday's Rampage, which, oh my God, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, it's going to be such a good match, but yeah, I'm going to die. Um, And then... I don't know if they'll jump right into the semifinals because you only have two matches after that. It'll be Nyla and Ruby or Stat against um, Jade and Thunder Rosa or Jamie Hayter, which we know it's going to be. I mean, I love Jamie, but you know it's going to be Thunder Rosa because mm-hmm. it's, it's Thunder Rosa. Why wouldn't it be? So I don't know how long they're going to drag this out unless they get the like semifinals and the or whatever done early, and then they just spend a few weeks or a month or so building up the finals. I could see them doing that. It makes sense. makes it a big fight feel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I see them going that route as well. I think that would be the best thing to do is to make it feel important. Yeah, you I know? agree. You know? But, yeah, that's a pretty good summation of what's going on in the women's division in AEW. So getting back to full gear, uh, the next match on the card huh. was, was was one where, like you said, uh, like it would make your heart tug for yeah. Statlander and Ruby Soho. That's how I felt during this. <laughs> I literally thought of this as I was watching this. I said, you know, 
the crisis I'm going to be in whenever <laughs> Ruby and Statlander happen is the same crisis you were in watching uh, Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. Yeah, it was, it was, oh my God. The match itself was great. It was exactly oh, yeah. what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very long. It wasn't, they didn't go out there and try to hook you in with the story or anything. It was just a straight up fight. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, as evidenced by the blood all over Punk's face. Yeah. Yes. It was cool. Not for the faint of heart. Yeah, there was blood early on, and that kind of really played it up to kind of felt very old school, you know? It felt like yeah. a, it felt like a brawl. It was very old school, very, very it was a it was a fun watch. I was just I was just so interested in the crowd reaction because there were some booze for CM yeah. Punk. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Kingston was getting cheered very heavily. So I thought, wow, this is so interesting. Like my brother was pissed off because he's like, how can you guys boo CM Punk when you guys wanted him back? Because that's, we've literally talked about this on the predictions episode. Once Eddie posted that Players Tribune article, it was going to be very hard not to cheer for him. Right. So I thought it was all just very odd timing storyline wise not his article obviously but how could you not cheer for eddie yeah i was surprised they were booing punk because you just assume you cheer for both of them but yeah it was uh oh my god that was that was a car crash in a brutality way not and it was it wasn't very long it was maybe 10 minutes you know like uh and it was it was super old school for me it was just like it felt like a one uh, just a fight like and they played up Eddie's influence of all Japan wrestling, which I yep. thought was pretty cool. Uh, like you said, Punk got busted open early, and Eddie Eddie kind of used it as like war paint, you yeah, know, as Eddie would, as Eddie would, and he even mocked uh, CM Punk and uh, did a, a nice little gesture, which I thought was so Eddie Kingston. And then uh, CM Punk also. Not really mocking, but maybe throwing it back to his old buddy John Cena, mm-hmm. doing almost going for the you can't see me, but flipping the bird to Eddie Kingston, which I thought was a pretty good uh, little gesture as well. I mean, there was so many little nuances to this match that made it so good. In a way, it was like it wasn't a storytelling match, but they still told a story, and that story yeah. was just being brutal, yeah. settling a blood feud that was going on. And I'm glad that, like you said, it was only 10 minutes long because I feel like if it would have went any longer, it would have kind of went into overkill territory. Mm-hmm. Because you can only be so brutal for so long without people going, okay, now this is getting way too much. That was a perfect time for that match. Yeah, and then at the end of the match, after Punk hits the go to sleep and he beats Eddie Kingston, uh, Punk extended his hand in a sign of respect. And of, co- of course... Eddie Kingston's like, nah, I'm okay. Yeah, and, no, and, and he leaves. I'm good. And he leaves. But uh, out of all the votes that came in for this match, 90% gave it four yeah. flame emojis. Completely agree. Yeah. So definitely a good match. I, I was really, really surprised. You didn't suffer too much, did you? No, no. I, at the end, at the end, I felt very good. You know? Okay, good. That's all that matters because I, I know you were going through it. Yeah, I was going through it, but at the end, I felt good. You know, okay, I good. felt like... I felt like I got what I wanted out of that, which was the most. That's all that matters, then. Yeah, that was the most important thing. At least for me, I just wanted to see a certain match. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I I just wanted to see a certain style of match and see where they were going to take it. And I felt at the end, it was a very good match. So that's all I wanted. 
birthday and everyone's happy. Yeah, there you go. So in the cool off spot, I guess you could say, uh, we had Inner Circle take on American Top Team and Men of the Year. I actually thought this was okay. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was okay. Yeah, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Dan Lambert out here dressed like a Harlem Globetrotter, you know, yeah. with, his, with his vinyl suit. Uh, he wasn't offensive. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Jericho pulling out the stapler and stapling his nuts. That 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 was pretty cool. Uh, and there was a lot of kind of another more of a car crash element too to this match. Yeah, um, I think okay was the best way to describe this because I'll be completely honest here. I was not paying much attention to this match because we said it in the predictions episode. I really didn't care for this because I just didn't care for the storyline. I just uh-huh. it was old and not even, it was kind of irrelevant. I kind right. of why we even had it. So <laughs> from what I saw though, yeah, it was, it was okay. That's the easiest yeah. way to put it. It wasn't knock your socks off. Fantastic. But right. It was functional. Yes. I, and I think it was put on the card at a certain spot because they knew that, yeah. that punk and Eddie was going to be pretty hot and the crowd yeah. was going to be well invested and emotional. And that probably afterward, they were going to be a little spent, you know, so I can understand why this match was put on the card. Like I said, it was it was okay. It was like a, a nice little, you know, kind of comedic a little bit to get your, you know, get the brutality out of you from the previous match. Saw a little bit of comedy, maybe laughed. Sammy Guevara jumped off a 20-foot ladder, did a senton bomb off the ladder, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, that was a big spot. So, yeah, it, it, it served its purpose. And you guys thought between uh, three and two flame emojis, 31% tie. Uh, for Damn. those, yeah, for those two, 25% gave it four flames. So again, again, it was sort of, there were some people that enjoyed it and other people just <sighs> thought it was okay. You know, I'd say, <sighs> what did, what was the one we just gave two and a half? That uh, was, oh, Cody and Malachi. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it was as good as that. We'll say it was two and a quarter flame. Two and a quarter. Okay, I can go. I I can see that. Two and a quarter. I can see that. You can't be. You can't be too. You know, too uh, uh, biased against it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was like I said. It was functional. Um, it just. Yeah, it was. It was what it was. Now, hopefully, I unfortunately don't think we're going to see the end of this feud because I think the one promo the men of the year had. Oh, you're not going to see the last of American Top Team. I'm like, I wish we would. (laughs) I was kind of hoping that this would uh, be a way for, you know, Santana and Ortiz can break out on their own and show that they're a really good tag team on their own and have a non-inner circle storyline attached to them. You know, I feel like they can really benefit the uh, tag team division if they were to break out on their own. Sammy Guevara is doing great as the TNT champion. Um, He had Jay Lethal, who uh, made his debut. uh, And then they had the match on Dynamite. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Jay Lethal in the main event, which was a fantastic match. Oh, that was such a good match. I think think it was universally praised how good the match was. Um, And it was a great showing from Jay Lethal. so, and that's another big, we talked about who from Ring of Honor, since Ring of Honor is going out of business, who are uh, can be snatched up and who knew the first person to kind of break down that forbidden door from that angle would be Jay Lethal. Yeah, honestly, it, it was a, it was a very surprising moment of the night, not going to lie, but yeah, that match, 
he had with Sammy Guevara on Dynamite was fantastic. Very good. And it was a very good performance from Sammy Guevara as well. You know, you yeah. know, he was coming into the match definitely the one with the least experience, but yeah. he showed he can hold his own even with a small little injury. He did that he did that senton bomb and he missed and he went through the table and I thought, Oh, that was over. Yeah, he's, de- he's dead. Yeah, that was I was like, oh, it's over from there. But you know, they really had a great match. So um, I'm surprised to see Jay Lethal still performing at a high caliber level. He could definitely be a benefit to to AEW's roster. I completely agree. It's going to be very interesting to see the matches we can get now that he's here. Yeah, and then that brings us into the main event of the evening. It was Hangman Page going up against Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight title. To me, this was the best match of the night. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. And we said it before, and we can now finally say it. We saw some cowboy shit. Definitely saw some cowboy shit. Hangman Page gets the win with a buckshot lariat. He actually hit two buckshot lariats, if you think about it. Just one was a little bit delayed, but he ends up getting the win and is the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Again, this was uh, an incredible match all around. Not a lot of, you know, fugazi stuff going on. You know, um, we did see the Young Bucks. That was the only thing I thought was kind of out of place, Mm -hmm. was that the Young Bucks came out. And yeah, they, they kind of were there. Yeah, they were just there. They didn't do anything. They didn't. They didn't really even serve a purpose. They were just there. So I thought that yeah. was the only thing that was kind of that was kind of off putting. I think they did it because of that interview, um, that little promo they had with uh, Page. I think it was on Rampage. Yeah, I think it was on Rampage or Dynamite last week where mm-hmm. he said, "Look, we're even now. I screwed you guys over. You screwed me over. So if you try to lay a finger on me, I'm going to end you." Mm-hmm. So I could I could understand why they did it. I mean, they didn't. It didn't look like they were as conflicted as they should have been. It should have played up a little more in the facial expressions, I guess. But yeah, it was a little odd. But they didn't do anything, which is good because this match didn't need over the top crazy interferences because the story was being told in the ring. Right. I and think for we God's sake, it was the longest feud or the longest storyline AEW's mm-hmm. had. Like two years. When's the last time you could say? That someone, they have done, a promotion has done a two-year-long storyline, and it still works at the end. And it did. It was, it was, and it was the best time to have Hangman win, because like we said, if he would have lost this match, they would have burned the building down. Yeah, for sure. But it was, and I liked how they did it on the pay-per-view anniversary of when Kenny beat him to earn the title shot in the first place. So Hangman gets his revenge at full gear and finally gets the championship. And it just feels like it's his time to finally hold it. It may not have felt it that way back uh, all those years ago when Jericho beat him, but now it does. It feels like he has championship caliber material now. Yeah, definitely. He just kind of, he's the, to me, like I always said, I've said it before on this podcast too. I said, he's kind of like what Sting was for WCW. You know, he's never going to uh, turn his back on AEW. He can be the one to plant the flag that is AEW and be the poster child for their uh, promotion. He's like the next Lex Luger. He's like, uh, he's like Lex Luger, Barry Windham, you know, he's like, he's got all that and charisma. Yeah. So he's just like a perfect champion to me in my eyes. He just looks like a champion. I'm super excited uh, for 
the next feud that's going to happen for him because I thought Wednesday was the most interesting thing I've seen since Eddie Kingston and CM Punk just a couple weeks ago um, was it looks like we're going to get some heel American dragon. Yeah, because poor Evil Uno. Poor Evil Uno got got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, he got his ass handed to him, but... I guess that's kind of what you need. And I think, I hope it plays into that story that I had mentioned before where, okay, if there was still any doubt that Hangman's championship material, if he beats Danielson, there's your first, that's your reinforcement right there. That's true. That's true. And, you know, kind of like, are are they going to play up this, this heel American dragon? Like we saw glimpses of it, but I, I don't know if I'm, sold yet are you are you fully uh, like sold that this is heel american dragon or well he's gonna take on cole cabana this coming wednesday so that's gonna be even more so he's gonna probably beat the shit out of cabana like he used to in ring of honor yeah it's it's it was a little jarring i guess would be the word because (laughs) you don't it's like that WWE style of thinking again. You don't need the heel versus face dynamic. You can make a face versus face, heel versus heel match work mm-hmm. if the motivations are there. And the motivation's there. Danielson has been on the best run of his career since leaving the other place and coming here. Which he, he mentioned on Wednesday. Exactly. <laughs> he, he hasn't had a bad match yet. And <laughs> if that's going to be the biggest test Hangman has, what better way to start his title reign off than by going against the American dragon of all people. So the story writes itself. You don't really need, I don't think the heel dynamics, but okay. (laughs) Okay. We'll we'll see how it goes. Just just let him beat the hell out of the dark order, whatever, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was kind of odd, but I mean, I guess since they're both universally beloved by the fans that maybe they wanted to have more people cheer for hangman. I don't know, but We'll see how well it works because right now it's just a little off for me. Yeah, it's just a little weird. He came in with such fanfare and the fans were going crazy for him. And in seven, eight weeks time, we're seeing some really nasty stuff from the American Dragon. I feel like they're going to mix in his last heel run in WWE where he was all about the planet. No, you know, no, because yeah. champion, yeah, and because he was doing that with Hangman, kind of making fun of his leather jacket and his leather cowboy boots, and you know stuff like that. So I feel like they're gonna weave a little bit of that in. Again, he had a match against Evil Uno, and the mm-hmm. match was pretty one-sided, where he beat the shit out of Evil Uno, and yeah. then he says he's gonna do that to the rest of the Dark Order. He wants to kick all their heads in, so he's going up against Colt Cabana in Chicago, of all places. So we're gonna get a nice little throwback era match between Colt Cabana and Brian Danielson in Chicago, which is cool. We're also going to see QT Marshall and CM Punk in Chicago. Sure. Not for Punk, but more for QT Marshall. It's like, okay, sure, sure, why not? Sure. So uh, Dynamite uh, for pre-Thanksgiving is pretty stacked. It should be a good show. Uh, In terms of the match in the main event, I didn't put up a flame emoji poll because I couldn't bear to see anyone rate that match under four flames. It was was that good of a match, so I didn't put up a poll. But I did ask you guys what you thought of full gear in its entirety uh if you had any uh thoughts on the show and you guys gave it a four flame emoji show 86 percent and edward james said it was a fantastic show jay lethal was a surprise kenny and hangman's were the highlight 
four Cowboys out of four. Of course. So I definitely have to agree with Edward there. Yeah. It was a solid show. Like we said, there was there was some hits, there were some misses, but all around, it was a great wrestling show. Yep, I completely agree. And uh, we weren't surprised. No, definitely not surprised at all. Um, but that takes us into our next segment where we talk about what's happening tomorrow. And tomorrow is Survivor Series. The, yeah. the what is it? The thirty sixth annual, thirty fifth annual? Is it? I um. It's been around yeah. for a long time. Um, it started. Let's do some research here. It started in eighty seven. Eighty seven. So it's the uh, it's going to be the thirty fifth one coming up. Sure. <laughs> I'm. I think that it's so sad that we have to feel like this, but it's like. I I don't know about you. When mm-hmm. they were advertising it last night on SmackDown, because I watched a little bit of SmackDown, not a whole right. lot. I completely forgot Survivor Series was Sunday. Yeah, this. I, is- I find myself mm-hmm. doing that with pay per views lately with WWE. That oh, it's this Sunday. Oh, whoops, my bad. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't given me a reason to care. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, there are some matches that I am interested in. Yeah. Um, they've been doing a great job of selling the pay-per-views on the back of the animosity between Charlotte Flair oh, and Becky yeah. Lynch. I don't know if you caught any of that uh, that interview that Charlotte did on the or, – or that Becky did on the MMA Hour on mm, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was some stuff. It was um, – I think the biggest thing I remember hearing was it was very telling that – she said she didn't trust Charlotte. So there were, there was some venom. It kind of makes you think, it kind of makes you wonder how the hell is this match going to go? Is it going to, is it, are they going to be perfect? I would like to think they're going to be professional and have a good match because as much as people are tired of seeing this feud, Mm -hmm. they put on good matches. They really do. Like all of their matches have been really good. I still, I still love their match from Evolution, the last woman standing match. I thought that was, it was just such a fun match. One of my favorites, but Mm -hmm. is it going to actually be that level of professionalism or are we going to kind of get more Charlotte Nia Jax where parts of this is going to break down into, oh, they're actually fighting and they're not, this isn't, this is not, this isn't a work. It's actually real. So it it makes me, it makes you kind of excited for it because you don't know if it's going to, stay a wrestling match or if it's going to go into an all-out brawl i kind of wanted to turn to an all-out brawl just because but i guess we'll find out sunday i am just i was listening to that interview and i was like okay they're 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 clearly working because they got to sell a pay-per-view yeah But, but man are they throwing some venom at each other yeah and it's it's so crazy to think that they were best friends. They used to be best friends. Now it's like you can't put them in the same ring together without something happening. So, man, they were throwing some venom, and Becky was just not holding back. Yeah, you know she was yeah. telling. I felt like Charlotte Flair was trying to do the uppity. I'm gonna pretend to be a professional, yeah. but I'll take some shots. And Becky is just like, I don't care. I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah, she was just going for it. And then picking apart what Charlotte was talking about, where she was talking about, you know, there's differences between um, how the men are treated and everything like that. And and Becky's just like, not even on board with it. She's like, who talks like this? 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just it's just craziness. Like you said, you don't know if it's going to be if they're going to go out there or you hope that they're going to go out there and be professional. You just don't know if they're going to go out there and and do the job or they're going to go out there and just break it all down and it'll be an all out brawl. I mean, because let's be honest, there have been some feuds in WWE. Some of the best feuds have been personal. Mm -hmm. And if you do it right, and that's the problem, if you do it right, because we've seen where they take personal a little bit too far, it works if you strike that right balance. And I kind of think they're doing it right now. I kind of think they are. This is the easily the most interesting part of the entire show because like you said you know uh, yeah. the rest of it's kind of just been thrown together mm. nothing, nothing really interesting but this part based on like i said they're putting it on the backs of these two women who have been doing an incredible job of selling this pay-per-view oh yeah because <laughs> like you said you look at this card and i'm just going down the line and uh, some of I- this is just okay well and I think that's the problem too, where they're focusing so much on Becky and Charlotte that they kind of mm. forgot their six other matches on the card. <laughs> yeah. Because that's... I mean, I guess it's almost like survivor series is kind of a cop out for them because everybody knows the tag champs are going to wrestle each other. Everybody knows the secondary titles are going to wrestle each other. Everybody knows what the formula is for survivor series. So I guess mm-hmm. they're just, lazy in a way because yeah okay the storylines kind of write themselves because champion versus champion whatever but you still kind of have to care a little bit like yeah damian priest and shinsuke nakamura is going to be a great match but you haven't sold anybody on it because it's just oh well it's survivor series of course they're going to wrestle each other it's like that's not how you're supposed to that's not how you're supposed to advertise a match yeah give us something anything anything even if it's on the last show like you know have them you know, sit in the crowd, you know, yeah. watch the match or something. Put some effort into it, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think the champion versus champion Big E Roman Reigns match is going to be great. Because oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's going to lead into, well, we can't do Big E versus Roman again, but we can do no. Xavier versus Roman. Yeah. You know, so they, they kind of weaved in that little bit, which I thought is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the only match I'm really not really sold on is the women's uh survivor series match because that's just been a chaotic mess i we even talked about this a few days ago when they i well first off we hated how they announced the elimination matches where it's just okay we're just gonna announce these all on twitter and that's it Mm -hmm. i mean we i'm at least getting to see Shayna and rhea so i'm happy Mm mm-hmm but I feel like, especially on the SmackDown side, they've been paying way too much attention to the Naomi Sonya Deville feud with this this team. Because first off, when you we even said it, when you have somebody like Tony Storm on your roster and you put Aaliyah on before her, I was mad. Like really, I mean, there's no knock to Aaliyah because she's not terrible, I guess, but she's just not Tony Storm, right? And we had to go through five extra steps to even get Tony Storm on the team. And the most telling thing from last night, I don't know if you noticed this, when they showed the uh, video of Sonya kicking Aaliyah off the team and putting Tony on, they didn't even put Tony on the goddamn graphic. Yeah, it was still the the TBA shadow person. Like, seriously? And you had to have Michael Cole go, oh, well, now we know that's filled with Tony Storm. We've known for like a week. 
<laughs> is the graphics team in a coma or something or what like guys that shows you they don't give a shit they, they don't, don't care. give a shit but you know that this match is just gonna play more into obviously sonya and naomi even though naomi's and sonya aren't even in the match but you know sonya's gonna lead team smackdown out probably or something i don't know it was <laughs> but it was kind of weird because you have both her and adam pierce on both shows and i thought it was odd in that promo on smackdown with jeff hardy and corbin and madcap moss whatever you had adam pierce come out and say i want team smackdown to win or whatever but you just had him say he wanted team raw to win on monday yeah and it's like what are we doing i don't know if you're playing up a heel authority figure again but that's the last one like that's you have Sonya. Like, that's... I will admit, though, I thought it was funny where they had the uh, the match on SmackDown and the quick one, two, three. The ref got bought off, clearly, whatever. Mm. Shayna won. I'm not going to complain, obviously. But uh, I loved how Sonya was trying to talk to Sami Zayn, which whatever. And the ref, did I do a good job? And she's like, who are you? I don't even know who you are. Like, that was an abuse of power, whatever. Get out of my sight. And she's like, yeah, I have no idea what that was about. <laughs> like, Sonya is so out of her goddamn mind right now. I love it. I I love it but eventually and I mean eventually we need to see Sonya and Naomi yeah we I again I'm from day one I've been saying what is the beef uh behind this whole story where's the beef where is the beef because I'm not I'm not I don't understand why it's happening but it's happening and you're not giving me any reason to really stay in tune with it because anytime now and Naomi has a match, I'm just going to think that she's going to get screwed because a ref was bought off or whatever, whatnot. And it's, it's weird because like you said, there's, we really didn't have a full reason. And even if there was a reason, it was probably just like in passing during a promo or something. But somehow call me crazy. It somehow still works. Because I think at this point, people want to see Sonya get her ass kicked by Naomi. You want to see Naomi finally win something. Because, I mean, let's be fair. Like Liv Morgan, she's been kind of screwed over and shafted for Mm. quite a while. Longer than Liv. So, Mm. she'll get her day eventually. Um, But I liked the inclusion of Shayna for a little bit because you got to have the, like the, the bodyguard or the, the heavy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of want her to go off and do her own thing because obviously, but I just want to see Naomi and Shayna just one-on-one beating the shit out of each other. Be- just because, because obviously <laughs> they, I mean, this is, has to blow off at some point. Right. It's just, when is it going to blow off? Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But why don't we get into the predictions of the show? It might be a lot quicker than our AW ones, honestly, (laughs) because we're just going to be like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, They're going to start it off with a 25-man dual battle royal. I don't know what the prize is going to be for, but they're going to have a battle royal for some odd reason. And then... I don't. I don't know. They didn't even announce who was going to oh, be there. Wait, hold on. I think I found it. Um, there is a. It's basically it, all the mid card people. Yeah, it's on. Um, it's on Wikipedia, so we'll just see here. So. Oh, it's to celebrate the Rock's debut at the Survivor Series, nineteen ninety six. Sure. <laughs> um, so apparently, we have in alphabetical order. We have uh, AJ Styles. Angel Garza, or I guess Angel, because he doesn't have a last name anymore. 
<laughs> um, Angela Dawkins, Apollo Cruz, Cedric Alexander, Cesaro, Chad Gable, Commander Aziz, Dolph Ziggler, Drew Gulak, Eric, Umberto Carrillo, Ivar, Jinder Mahal, Monsor, Montez Ford, Omas, Otis, R Truth, Ricochet, Robert Roode, Sami Zayn, Shanky, Shelton Benjamin, and T Bar. Shanky, my man. Right, like uh, such a such a fantastic group of there. <laughs> um all right. I think we kind of said this when we before we went live in our production meeting. I still don't really care enough to make a prediction because it's no. just kinda who the hell cares kind of match. Yeah. Funny how when you overuse battle royals, people start not caring anymore, and I don't care. Like I don't care. Yeah, like I said, this match was just thrown together on Friday on SmackDown to appease Sami Zayn. Um, but that's about it. There was nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, there, exactly. No, nothing. There's just nothing. 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 Anyway, uh, moving on. We have <laughs> moving the, yeah, we have the United States Champion Damian Priest taking on the Intercontinental Champion. <sighs> Shinsuke Nakamura, that at least should be a pretty good match. I think so. I mean, I mean, we. I think we both agree Damien's character change is a little odd. I'm not entirely sure why they did it, but we got it. And Nakamura's been doing really good since him and Boogs have been together. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is a tough one because you can see either one of them winning. I guess if you want to further reinforce Damien's character, you have him win. Right. I so think can Nakamura for the loss though. That's the that's the danger of having these champion versus champion matches is that can can a champion afford to lose? Cuz yeah. then why are, why are they the champion, you know? Yeah, so I I'm gonna But I, so I I don't overexplain it and make my head hurt. I'm just going <laughs> to say Damian. I I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think they're trying to do something with Damian Priest. Um they're they're like you said they're reinforcing his character. It still yeah. just confuses me, though, because we never needed this in the first place. He was already <laughs> insanely popular as the Archer of Infamy, so I'm not entirely sure why we had to do this, like, dual personality Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. But right. whatever, but I still think they're going to win. All right, next up we have the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos, who are part of the Bloodline. And honestly, I think that's my prediction right there. I think because the Bloodline is so... Uh, so dominant that I think they're gonna find a way to win this match. Maybe, maybe Riddle doesn't pay attention to Randy Orton's coaching. Something goes wrong where he's a little bit overzealous, and that gives the Usos the win. Yeah, I just you can't have the Bloodline lose yet. Yeah, the Bloodline's too strong. No, it, yeah, so I agree. I think, I think that'll be a win for SmackDown. I guess since I, well, then again, are we even doing brand supremacy this year? Really. No, I'm really not hyping it up, but it doesn't seem that way. Then again, I think everything right now about WWE just seems if. <laughs> but anyway, I agree. I think uh, I think the Usos will win. All right, so moving on, we have the WWE Champion Big E from the New Day taking on the Universal Ooh. Champion representing the Bloodline, Roman Reigns. At least this one should be pretty good. Yeah, and this is oh, this is a slippery slope of a match, I think, because. We always said if Roman loses, it's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But if you want to further cement Big E as champion, this could be the time to do it. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could. Well, and it also plays into could Xavier Woods cost Roman the match? Oh, that's a good one. 
Because you want to keep that storyline going. And he destroyed his, what was it, cardboard crown and scepter. Yeah. Which, that looks so fake from, like, when I saw that, I said, this is trash. But, um, that would make sense. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like Roman, Roman losing maybe on a roll-up. Because yeah. he's distracted by by uh, Kofi and Xavier, they distract him, and they were able to hold off the Usos or something like that. Yeah, and, and it's not like he's losing the titles. I mean, yeah. it's not like that's that big crowning moment for somebody, but it helps Big E because clearly Roman's already on another level. Right, you want Big E to get there, have him beat him. That's a good. I like that. I actually like that. I think that's creative. Well, you know. th- that's the problem, though. <laughs> creative. But you know what? Just for, I guess, the sake of it, I will say Big E. Just for that reason alone. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you on it. I'm going to go Big E. I think, I think Big E is going to figure out a way to do this. And you know what? If he does pull out the win, it does kind of cement his legacy as champion, as this was a big win for him. I think so. Let's just hope WWE agrees and doesn't have the rose-colored glasses on and only sees making Roman look dominant but we'll see now we kind of already spoke about this at length about the Mm -hmm. feud between these two women raw uh women's champion becky lynch will be taking on charlotte flair the smackdown women's champion uh basically who do you have winning who do you have coming away with the win here this one's tough to figure out a winner i'll be i'll say that selfishly i'm gonna say becky mostly because i just (sighs) I'm just so tired of, I guess it's kind of like with Cody. I'm just so tired of Charlotte. I've been Mm. tired of Charlotte for a while. But the thing is, it's so tough because both of them are at a point in the, like their title reigns where they both don't need to lose. No. And that's, again, that's the danger of this champion versus champion format. Yeah. So it's almost like, oh God, you almost can't think if they're going to do the cop-out, double-count-out kind of thing. Hmm. I kind of hope not, but no. if we have to absolutely pick a winner, I'm just going to say Becky, because <sighs> I'm trying to come up with a reason. Besides, I just don't want Charlotte to win. Um... <laughs> well, the, the the question there is, does Charlotte actually do her job then? Well, it, mm... That's because again, happen. she would she wouldn't even she wouldn't even trade off the championships because apparently it made her reign look weak. So I wonder take, if oh I wonder if that might be the this might be the punishment for her then maybe taking taking the L anyway. Maybe possibly that's a thing because it's almost just like you don't really know what's going on, so you can't 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 really say for certain. But right. just for the sake of predictions, I will just say I want Becky to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with Becky too, uh, but I am really, really interested in this match. I'm oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sold on this match, and I, I I can't wait to give it a watch tomorrow. Yes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be – I hope it's going to be the main event, but you never know. I hope so too. I was thinking about that earlier, and I hope that it is the main event. I think it's worthy of the main event. I think sometimes they kind of shoehorn these women's matches into the main event to make them look big. Sometimes yeah, it's no, worked. This is big. Yeah, this is big enough to go into the main event, and I'd be really, really happy watching it go on last. Oh, yeah, um, I completely agree. Next up, we have Team Raw versus Team SmackDown on the women's five-on-five traditional Survivor Series match. The team for Raw is Queen Zelina, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, taking on Team SmackDown, which is Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm. 
So which team do you think is stronger? Oh my God, this is the this is the struggle I have had where you see both teams and they all have really really strong parts to it, and then kind of the ones where it's like, eh, right? Like you have oh Christ, just looking at it now. Well, obviously you have Bianca, who's top of her game right now. That's fine. And then Rhea, who I guess I just look at it through biased eyes, I guess, where mm-hmm. she's fantastic too, but stuck in kind of like purgatory hell right now. Um, Liv, we love Liv, obviously. Um, Carmella, I really don't care. And <laughs> Selena's not bad. Selena's not bad. No. So I think overall you have a really solid team Raw. Then you got team SmackDown, which again, Sasha, top of her game. Shayna, obviously fantastic. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Shotzi doing really good. Their match on SmackDown was really good. Yes, it was. So good. So it's good. Tony, the worst part is you can't even really gauge her because they're not using her. So I don't know how good she is right now because she's been in catering for God knows how long. And then <laughs> as much as I'm just not into Natty, she's solid. So I guess if you go break it down by each member you almost want to say smackdown has the slight edge and like strength mm-hmm. because carmella's just i guess that's the two wild cards would be natty and carmella when you compare the two of them i think it's just safe to say that natty is the stronger of the two okay okay i would think um so it's tough for me because like we said you almost are wondering how is sonia naomi gonna play into this this because that's what it seems like it's going to lead towards Mm. and i don't know if i don't know this is i i'm gonna say uh, i (laughs) haven't even really had any dissension on team raw that i can remember um because there's sure as hell dissension on team smackdown yeah they haven't played up that part on raw yet so it makes you kind of wonder if maybe Raw is a little too complacent. And yeah. I don't know. I just have a feeling like Sony's going to have a pep talk for Raw or for SmackDown or something. And Naomi's going to get involved somehow. And, um, oh, I just had a thought. I don't know if it's going to work. I kind of don't want it to happen because it's just not going to be beneficial for Tony where all of a sudden Tony's hurt. And yeah. But that's like such a heel thing. And I just don't see Naomi being the one to like, oh, I took her out so now you have to give me a spot on the team and she ends up winning it for smackdown i don't want that because number one naomi's not a heel and two that would just shaft tony storm badly um oh god it's kind of like how it is a team like the men's side it's like you almost don't even know who's gonna really win um christ i <laughs> say <sighs> I'm glad that we don't break it down by who's going to be the last of like Survivor standing. Yeah, that's just going to be even worse. Um, <laughs> that'd be too hard. Yeah. Um. Maybe Naomi helps Raw win because it's almost like where does Sonya's allegiance lie to Raw or SmackDown? Because she's on both. Mm-hmm. I, oh God, this is. It's tough. It's tough. It's almost like they're paying more attention to Team SmackDown than they are to Team Raw. Yeah. So it's like, does that work in their favor or not? Hmm. 
where, oh, you're not assuming Raw's going to win and all of a sudden they do win. Or, oh, they've been paying way more attention to SmackDown, so of course they're going to win. I don't know how to pick this match. I really don't. I think what's strong is that on the Raw side, Bianca, Rhea, and Liv will realize that they all have to work together as a team in order to win this match. So yeah. you won't see you won't see as much dissension there. You might see it from Queen Zelina and Carmella because they don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. Um. But I think there's too much animosity between Sasha Banks and Shotzi, and then Shayna Baszler's just there, and then obviously you have uh, Natalia and Tony. I think there's no chemistry there with the team, but I think the front three on the raw team will kind of work together to make sure that they pick up the win. I kind of selfishly just want Shayna to just run through team raw, kind of like how she did it in the elimination chamber. Uh huh. Because that could be a, a I'm not going to say a star making moment because she's had it already. I think it would further reinforce how dangerous she can be. Right. So maybe they have her go on a tear where she eliminates two or three of them. And then it takes like, the other remaining team to take her out. I don't know. I just kind of hope Shayna has a big part in this mm-hmm. because I'm just being biased. I'll say it. I don't care. <laughs> but, oh God, this, yeah, this is, ugh. I mean, yeah, let's, you look solely at the, like the top three for each. Bianca, Rhea, and Liv against Sasha, Shayna, and Shotzi. That's pretty even. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, this is tough. This is like really tough. Um, God, I'll just go with, I'll go with Raw because I think there's going to be some shenanigans with Naomi and she's going to try and show Sonya up or something. Mm-hmm. I could see it be, okay. I could see it being so Shayna's the last survivor on SmackDown and uh-huh. Naomi comes out and costs her that match. Cause I guess that would make sense. Yeah. I'll say Raw then for the sake of it, just so I don't continue to have to do We don't have to sit here in silence trying to figure it out. I'll say Raw for... All right. So we both have Raw. Yeah. All right. Screwing that down. All right. And then moving on to the men's traditional five-on-five Survivor Series match, we have for Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley. For Team SmackDown, we have Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Sheamus, and Happy Corbin. Uh, yeah, that is not as even as the women's teams were, to be honest. It really looks like Raw has the better team, which almost makes (laughs) you think, is that gonna go in the other way then? Because that's always how this goes. The stronger team sometimes doesn't always win. Right. I, I, cause, cause Seth Rollins is going to try to be the captain. Kevin Owens is not going to listen. Austin Theory is just in his own little world. Bobby Lashley isn't going to be told what to do. And Finn Balor's just too cool with his eight abs. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, but then you look on the other side. You know that Drew and Jeff and King Woods will at least work together, and then Corbin and Sheamus are just there. I kind of don't really care that they're there. Um, yeah, it's kind of the same situation as the women's, where you can see who can kind of understand that this is a team effort and we'll work together you don't see any of that cohesiveness on the raw side well and i just realized i don't know why i completely forgot this especially on the women's side ripley and bianca have been together before they were on team nxt a few years ago so they're used to this so yeah i guess that further reinforces team raw for the women this way i think i 
I also don't want to get quoted on this because then I could just sound like a total idiot, but <laughs> it very rarely do both brands teams win, I think. Oh, okay. So you're saying if one brand wins, then the other brand is going to win. Possibly. I don't okay. really know, but I guess you just look at the field on there and the way you worded it was perfect. Like Rollins is going to be full of himself, try to be the team. And like literally nobody else is going to listen. So I feel mm. like it's actually going to be team SmackDown for the men. All right, and I'm going Team SmackDown for the men as well because you, you just don't see any cohesiveness no. on on the Raw side. No, There's just too all. much going on. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are our predictions for Survivor Series. Uh, like I said, on the on the backs of the women's match between Becky Lynch and Charlotte mm-hmm. Flair, that is definitely must-see. I'm definitely interested in seeing what they're going to do with Big E and Roman Reigns yeah. and stuff like that. And then you have a little – you have a match between, like, Damian Priest and Shisuke Nakamura, which has the potential to be a good little match. So yeah, I feel like that's what we should do now. Every time we do predictions, we should always, like, make our picks for, like, our must-see match of the mm-hmm. card try and sell it i think we're both on the same page this time it's becky and charlotte yeah i think i think we do a better job of maybe selling the pay-per-view <laughs> than even wwe does at times yeah you know? and even we if they tr- gave us jobs i'd rather not yeah, we, we try to find something to care about yeah, yeah so it, i think and i think it's just really self-explanatory so all right this this is like our musty pitch for this match it's very self-explanatory there's so much bad blood between these two real-life bad blood that you kind of almost want to know if this match is going to go off the rails or not. Because if they have a title segment that can go off the rails, I wouldn't put it past them to have the match go off the rails too. But it might make for an entertaining match. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely keep your eye on that one for sure. Because, oh my goodness, it could be a mess in a good way or a train wreck. Not in a good way. Well, you sold me on it. I I try. You sold me on it, so I'm definitely looking forward to that match. And uh, obviously, we'll have our thoughts uh, on the next episode. But that concludes our coverage of both Raw, SmackDown, and AEW. So why don't we get to our favorite part of the show, where we answer some questions. We got some some questions. We got some good ones. Yes. Um, Let me pull them up here. I'm not prepared. I'm sorry. Um, They're here somewhere in in the Twitterverse. All right, so our three questions today come from our favorite hook enthusiast, Jack. (laughs) So you know what question's coming at some point, but I'll save that one for last. So his first question is very fitting because he asked, should WWE retire Survivor Series? Um... No, I just honestly think they should just uh, rework the format. Yeah, I agree. I... I literally said it out loud when I read it. I said, no, but they just need to do a better job of booking it. Yeah. Um, if NXT was the way it used to be, I wish they used NXT more because without a doubt, and I was, I misquoted myself. I thought it was 2019 was the Survivor Series with NXT. I think with 18, I'm pretty sure. Okay. But either way, the Survivor Series that had NXT in it was easily, in my opinion, one of the better Survivor Series in recent memory. Yeah, a lot of the big stories that came out of that are no longer with the company. Yeah, which makes it worse. So <laughs> it's like funny what happened. And the worst part is, is that that shouldn't have ever even happened if they would, if the people who went over for Crown Jewel didn't get held at basically gunpoint on the plane. <laughs> That wouldn't have happened. They yeah. wouldn't have had the NXT talent go and it wouldn't have caught fire like it did, which is a shame because it could have been fantastic for the last few years to have NXT in it. It's just, that's Vince for you, I guess. But 
Yeah, I say no. I just think actually, oh, I don't know. Like you should for the rest of the, like the company put some effort into it. Yeah. And it'd be a lot better than it used it because it hasn't been really good for a while. Aside from mm -hmm. the NXT invasion, it's just been kind of, yeah, it's there. Just put some more effort into the storyline so we actually care about it. I agree. And right now we just don't. Aside from Becky and Charlotte, it's just very hard to look at this card and go, oh yeah, we definitely want to watch so-and-so. I mean, obviously I want to see Shayna, but that's me. I'm not millions of people. No one's going to, not a lot of people are going to actually agree with me. So right. yeah, but yeah, I would say just redo it. All right. Yeah. I'd like, say, use your, yeah. Use your brains a little bit. <laughs> you throw some creative into it. That's difficult, but um, yeah. So for the next two questions, we go back over to AEW so we can actually have some enjoyment <laughs> about this. This one I thought was very interesting, and I'm very interested in this one. Which AEW faction would we like to be a part of? Ooh. And it's, it's so tough because there's... Because you could include, like, the unnamed factions, too, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, but there are so many. That's, there, yeah. that's the thing. There's, there's the elite. There's... Uh, there's the pinnacle there's the inner circle there's uh the factory the, and then you go into like the unnamed ones you got brit rebel and jamie hater you yeah. have um malachi and andrade you it's like oh my god um dark i would order yeah i would go with the dark order they seem like a more fit unit you know like they're just, i think it's more they're just tons of fun yeah i think i would have fun in the dark order dark order would be hilarious to be a part of i'm trying to think of if there was another one i mean obviously biased i would go with brit jamie and rebel because they seem like fun in a in maybe a different way but i would say dark order though as well if i had to pick an actual faction that has a name i'd say dark order because dark i would not it would be so much fun we would love to join the dark order <laughs> yeah we would i would happily join the dark order <laughs> for sure um <laughs> And our final question. So, Jack, thank you for these questions. We always appreciate them. You know it's coming. It's our hook question of the week. Send hook. And <laughs> this one's kind of funny. Would you rather watch three hours of Raw or three hours of Hook's dad singing AEW entrance songs? I got to go with the entrance songs. Yeah, I'd say. It does he carry a tune? Absolutely not. But you know what? Could you I, imagine him singing Malachi Black's entrance theme? Just screaming. Just the yelling. Just screaming. I would rather watch that than have to watch three hours of Raw at this point because <laughs> Raw is just um, painful. Yeah. It even almost... SmackDown's kind of getting painful too. And when even you have Roman Reigns on there and it's still kind of painful. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I could definitely see that. I can see where you're coming from with that. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think Roman still tends to be interesting, but every other thing just kind of feels like a filler. Yeah, exactly. And it shouldn't feel like that, where one act is literally your entire show. Yeah, definitely, but, uh, for sure. I agree. I would rather watch three hours of <laughs> Hook's dad singing AEW entrance songs, for sure. And I would pay money to see him try and sing Malachi Black's song. That would that would be good. I'd I'd subscribe to that Patreon. <laughs> I would get some popcorn ready for that one. That'd be some quality entertainment. <laughs> oh man! All right, do we have any more left? No, I think that was it. All right, shout out to Jack. Those are awesome questions yeah, as always. You. As always, keeping us entertained. Uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is this week's episode of the Ringside Rundown podcast. But before you go, make sure you jot this down or keep this in your memory bank so you know where to find us. We are all across the board on the internet thanks to Anchor.fm. 
Anchor.fm is a podcast platform that we use, and through them, they distribute the podcast at places like Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find us by searching Ringside Rundown Podcast. Now, through Anchor FM, you can also get involved in the show by leaving us some voice messages. If you would like to leave us a voice message, all you got to do is go to anchor.fm slash ringside rundown slash messages. You can leave us a voicemail with your thoughts or opinions on something wrestling. Or if you have a question that you want us to answer on the show, you can leave it there. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter. We're on Twitter at ringside rundown. And it's also the same handle for Instagram at ringside rundown. So make sure you check us out there to keep up with the show. Now, Shay, where can they find you if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShailenHickson21. That's usually where I am. Um, I also have a Twitch. I do Twitch streaming occasionally at Shay underscore Hickson21. I haven't been streaming lately. I've been trying to get uh, acclimated to my new job, the new uh, sleep schedule, which definitely does not <laughs> condone late night gaming, unfortunately. <laughs> but at some point, I will be back streaming probably more Valhalla, which hopefully could be next week. At the earliest, I'm not entirely sure, but check my Twitter where I will be posting when I stream. So uh, we'll see. Stay tuned. There you have it. And you can also find me if you want to talk wrestling with me. You can check me out at Wrestling Cron on Twitter at Wrestling Cron. That's C-H-R-O-N. And if you want to check out my Twitch streams, just check me out twitch.tv slash Eric the Ghost. You can find me there. Hit the little notification bell. That'll let you know when I'm live. And you can watch me struggle through some video games. Oh, I, I struggle hard because I went back to console streaming. So uh, right now I'm 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 restreaming Ghost of Tsushima and Yeah, and it's just it's just me slicing and dicing and dying my way through this game, which is definitely interesting. So check me out there. That, that's honestly how I am with Valhalla right now. I've always been a console streamer. I just don't have the money or space for a PC right now. Mm-hmm. But my thing is with Valhalla is it's so massive and there's just so much shit to do. Yeah. And most of it is me knowing I have to do a main mission, but get dis- getting distracted by like the 50 other side missions. Are. <laughs> so that's usually how my streams are, but they yeah. my, my chat finds it entertaining. I'm not sure why, but. Oh, yeah. your chat, your chat's hilarious. I've been in your <laughs> chat before and it's been a good time for I sure. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it is wild for sure. Yeah, for it. sure. Check it out. Check out our our Twitch streams. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back Saturday with another episode of the Ringside Run. Are we doing a special episode for a Survivor Series recap or are we just going to attach that to the show? I guess it depends on how good the show is, because if the show is just god awful, it might be very hard to try and make an entire episode out of it. Yeah, and plus we did pretty good adding on full gear to to what we thought and the full lot of full gear too. So you never know; it could be a special yeah. episode. But again, if you subscribe to those platforms, yeah. you never miss an episode. You'll so. know if you you'll, want, if you, if you follow our Twitter's, you'll know when the episode's coming out. So exactly, exactly. So for Shay Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez. I'm gonna get the heck out of here. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. See you later, guys. <laughs>